to CHMA 106.9 FM. Hello and welcome to Tanchamar Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Tuesday, February 6th. On today's show... When we got to grade 9, we had to come to Sackville to the old Marshview, which is Marshview now. That was our high school, and we had to hitchhike every day. We had no school bus. We get local with Black History Month and hear about Green Hill, a primarily black settlement near Aulak, where Tanchamar's deputy mayor, Greg Martin, grew up, as did generations of his family before him. That's coming up right after some local news and information briefs. Roger Crossman appeared by video link in a Moncton courtroom on Monday to set a date for his trial on charges of first-degree murder and interfering with human remains. According to reports in the CBC and Times and Transcript, the judge and jury trial will start in just over a year and a half on September 3, 2025. Crossman will remain in jail until then. Crossman is charged with first-degree murder in the death of his wife, Marlene Cheryl Crossman, in October in Sackville. Marlene Crossman was originally from Amherst and at the time of her death was working as the manager of the Amherst Theatre. Roger Crossman is being represented by Moncton lawyer Allison Maynard. The town of Tanchmar has put out a call for submissions to the Sackville Art Fair, which is slated to take place in May at the Tanchmar Civic Centre. The town says the free two-day event features some of the best paint and sculpture artists in southeastern New Brunswick. Applications from artists are due by April 1st, and more information is available at sackville.com. Now for today's feature story. February is Black History Month across Canada, and today on Tantramar Report, we go hyper-local with our Black history, revisiting the story of Green Hill, a Black community near Aulac, which was home to a number of Black families dating back to the late 1700s. Not many of the descendants of those Black families remain in the area, with the notable exception of Greg Martin, whose ancestry goes back five generations to his grandfather's great-grandfather, Peter Martin. You might recognize Greg Martin's name as Tanchamar's deputy mayor and councillor for Ward 5, which includes the communities of Aulac, Point de Butte, Jolly Cure, and Mount Watley, where Martin lives. The stories of Black families and communities in the region are partially documented online by Dr. Jennifer Harris, a former Mount A professor who wrote Tracing the Black Presence in 19th Century Westmoreland, New Brunswick. Harris describes Green Hill as a stretch of road in Mount Watley now bisected by the Trans-Canada Highway. Greg Martin's earliest ancestor in the region, Peter Martin, had a tumultuous life. Documents indicate he was enslaved and bought and sold by white landowners in Westmoreland Parish and Fort Cumberland in Nova Scotia. Harris writes that Peter Martin eventually became legally free, likely in 1834, when the Slavery Abolition Act came into effect. At that point, he would have been in his early 40s and had a wife, Margaret, and eight children. One of those children was Archibald Martin, who owned land in Green Hill. Many of the black residents of Green Hill were laborers, working for their white neighbors or walking to work in either Sackville or Amherst. Harris writes that Green Hill may have grown as a black community over the mid to late 1800s, as black families left or were denied land sales in other parts of Westmoreland and Sackville parishes. 
Green Hill became the geographical locus of black life in, in the late 19th century, according to Harris, and the number of black residents in Green Hill was rivaled only by Dorchester. Archibald Martin and his wife Millie had a number of children, including Hanford, who remained in Green Hill and had a son that would become Greg Martin's grandfather. My grandfather, his name was Bert Martin, Burton Martin, we called him Bert. Um, him and my grandmother lived on near the same uh, land that I live on now. Burton Martin is actually one of the main sources of information about that period in the history of Green Hill because he kept a diary which was passed on to another grandson, Clyde Gabriel of Amherst, and then donated to the Mount Allison archives. That's where Professor Jennifer Harris came across it. Greg Martin was still fairly young when his grandparents died, but he has vivid memories of his grandmother. One of the things my grandmother did that uh, I remember very well as small kids, we didn't often get treats. Uh, kids today, they end up getting treats every day. But we got a treat once a month. And it was always when grandmother would go to Amherst and get her groceries once a month. She'd find some kind of treat, a candy or something, and she'd bring it back for all the kids in the settlement. Amherst was an important neighboring community for the Martins, and descendants live there to this day. Amherst was the main black settlement up on what we call the hill in Amherst. It's up by, if you know Amherst, up by the stadium, and it used to be all black families up there. There are still some up there. I still have a cousin, Cousin Clyde's up there. Amherst was an especially important spot for Greg Martin's parents, Sam and Mildred. Mum was, um, she was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba, raised in St. John, New Brunswick, met my dad when she was visiting in Amherst because he hung out in Amherst a little bit, and that's where they met. And they were, uh, they were married in the... Anglican Church, and Dad's buried and Mum's buried in the cemetery at the Anglican Church in Allac, in our family uh, plot. According to Harris, Martin's great-grandparents, Archibald and Millie, made sure their kids had basic literacy skills, even though there's no record of them attending school. By the time Greg arrived, Greenhill kids attended school in Allac, near where the big stop is today. At that time, Greg could walk right from Green Hill over to Alloc, as the Trans-Canada had not yet split the community in two. Martin says he doesn't recall any segregation in his school except by age and gender. There were maybe a dozen black kids in the school, a two-room school, and there would be, let's see, probably 30 or 40 white kids in the school. But the school was, it wasn't uh, segregated or anything. It wasn't divided. It was, it was divided only because they put grades one to four in one classroom and four to eight in the other classroom. And there was a big wall between us. And that's all. And then the school uh, at lunchtime was uh, divided in two. The girls on one side of the school 
and the boys on the other side of school. Once he reached grade nine, Martin had a much longer trek to high school, which was all the way in Sackville at Marshview. Both his parents had also made the trek often to Sackville for work. When we got to grade nine, we had to come to Sackville to the old Marshview, which is Marshview now. That was our high school, and we had to hitchhike every day. We had no school bus, and of course, not the only car or anything was Uncle Henry had a an old half-ton truck. My dad never had a, a vehicle. He would hitchhike to work all the time, and when he, he passed on, Mum would be the one down on the highway hitchhiking to get to Amherst to do domestic work. So, but uh, we would get the kids. We would all line up down on the highway, and a few cars would stop and pick us up to make sure we got to the high school, and then we'd have to walk from Mar- from Marshview down by the. Uh, Salvation Army store. There used to be the train tracks there. And we'd stand there with our thumb out. Somebody would pick us up and give us a drive to all back home after school. Eventually, a school bus did start coming to Green Hill, making high school less of a challenge. Martin's father died when he was quite young, and his mother remained a single parent, relying on neighbors and relatives for helping raise her kids. Martin has fond memories of the community in Green Hill. As he grew up, Martin started to attend Bob Edgett's boxing club in Sackville, along with his cousins, and eventually joined the Army. Later on, he worked at the Enterprise Foundry, where he's met his wife. They had a daughter and have been fostering kids at their home in Green Hill for decades now. Martin speaks with fondness about his community, both present day and growing up. He says racism was not a daily issue for him and was somewhat hidden but not all of it. Growing up, I can remember an incident uh, where I walked into a barbershop here in Sackville, and the gentleman was very nice to me. He said, but I'm sorry, I can't cut your hair because I don't know what my customers will think seeing you in my chair. And... To me, that said a lot. It said not only is he uh, feeling uh, a bit apprehensive, uh, there's others in the community that if they saw me in a barber's chair would be a little upset. Um, And uh, it hurt me a little bit at the time because there I was uh, just to join the... uh, Reserve Army. I was in a Canadian Forces uniform. Uh, I was a member of the boxing club. Uh, I was still going to school. I thought that uh, I had the world by the tail. And then all of a sudden, as a as a kid, you walk into a place and they tell you you're not welcome because they're afraid of what their uh, customers might think. Um, kind of was disappointing. Martin also recalls other incidents, such as being called racial slurs. But Martin is irrepressibly positive, and even as he recalls racist incidents, he also expresses his love for where he lives. Overall, I think that I would never have wanted to live 
anywheres in this world but where I live. The, the people, the opportunities, uh, the opportunity to raise my family, um, to foster hundreds and hundreds of children, has been absolutely amazing. That's Greg Martin speaking about his childhood and family history in the area of Mount Watley, in what was once a black settlement called Green Hill. Martin is, among other things, deputy mayor of the municipality of Tanchamar. This story first aired on CHMA in 2023. That's it for Tanchamar Report for Tuesday, February 6th. Get in touch with CHMA News anytime at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. EOS EcoEnergy is hosting New Brunswick Climate and Renewable Energy, or CARE, week from February 3rd to 10th from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. with events every day. Events include a permaculture workshop, webinars about solar energy, restoring coastal ecosystems and climate resiliency, a solar site tour at Port Elegant Regional School, and contests to enter with prizes to be won. Check out EOS EcoEnergy's Instagram and Facebook pages, as well as their website, for more details. And here's Brian Nielsen with your CHMA Sports Update. This is your CHMA Sports Update for Tuesday, February 6th. Last night in the NHL, just two games after the All-Star break, the New York Islanders went to Toronto and beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-2. And the other game saw the Rangers take out the Colorado Avalanche 2-1 in overtime. Half dozen games in the NBA, starting with the Los Angeles Lakers beating the Charlotte Hornets 124-118 in Charlotte. The upstart, hot as can be, Cleveland Cavaliers, beat the visiting Sacramento Kings 136-110. Mavericks beat the Sixers in Philadelphia 118-102. Hawks lose to the Clippers in the ATL 149-144. The Warriors beat the Brooklyn Nets 109-98. And lastly, the now rebuilding Toronto Raptors lose in New Orleans 138-100. And over the weekend in Mount Allison Athletics, Friday night saw the women's ice hockey team travel to play St. Thomas, and they left with a loss, a 4-1 finish there. Women's volleyball played Sunday. They beat St. Thomas uh, 3-0, and that was a, a senior day sweep for the girls there. And then the Mount Allison basketball teams traveled up the road to Moncton, where they beat Crandall University, the women taking them out 79.50 and the men with the 75.65 victory. That is your CHMA Sports Update for Tuesday, February 6th. 
And that was Brian Nielsen with your sports update. Don't forget to tune in weekdays 8, 9, 12, and 5 for Brian's sports update. And of course, listen to the morning show Mondays, 7.30 to about 9. And there's uh, also some sports commentary at 8.30. Thanks so much, Brian. Hey, this is Hannah, and you're listening to The Morning Show here on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Why, thank you so much for that, Hannah. That was Brian with your sports update. And before that was Erica with your Tantramar Report. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome to the late morning show here on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Broadcasting live from the third floor of the Wallace McCain Student Center. I hope you're all doing well uh, and staying safe out there. If possible, stay off the roads. And if not, you know, drive with caution. Use caution when driving around in this kind of weather. The time is 9.17 and... How about I get right into a weather update and then give you an update on all the road conditions as well, which seems to be uh, improving as time goes on. But first, the local weather update is currently minus one outside. There's a freezing drizzle advisory. Areas of freezing drizzle are occurring uh, parts of southern and northeastern New Brunswick should be ending this morning um, and can be expected to be mixed with periods of snow as well. So with that comes uh, slippery surfaces on the highways, roads, walkways, and parking lots. Uh, so be careful out there. Currently, minus one and then the flurries and freezing drizzle will be ending and then mainly cloudy with a 60% chance of flurries later on. Blowing snow over exposed areas will also be occurring this morning. Uh, wind around 30 kilometers an hour gusting to 50 and then dropping a little bit to 20 gusting to 40 near noon. Temperature steady near minus 2 Wind chill near minus 10. And then this evening, mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries this evening and a low of minus 5 and a wind chill of near minus 10. Tomorrow, it's looking to be quite a bit better. Mainly cloudy with a high of minus 2 and a wind chill near minus 11 with cloudy periods in the evening and a low of minus 7. On Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high of minus 3 and cloudy in the evening with a low of minus 8. And then on Friday, to round out the work week, cloudy with a high of minus one, and then in the evening, cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries and a low of minus four. And that about does it for your local weather update. How about the roads? So between Sackville and Amherst and Sackville and Memram Cook, uh, the roads are wet, but they are at least partially cleared. Um, if not completely cleared. And then from Memram Cook all the way to Moncton, it looks to be uh, that the roads are currently partially covered uh, with snow and that sort of thing. Uh, so if you can, maybe hold off on going to Moncton just yet. But uh, 
if you do have to go, again, just be cautious. Be cautious out there. Drive with caution. Anyways, let's get into some awesome music. So, up next for you all, to get this show going, we have Tamia with So Into You.
Alright, and that was Black Canadian artist Tamina with her song, So Into You. And interestingly enough, that song is said to have been co-written by Lionel Richie. And by that, I mean that Lionel Richie has uh, credits on it as a songwriter. Although he never was involved with the songwriting process. But because they used a sample from Say Yeah from 1978 by American soul band The Commodores. So Lionel Richie has songwriting credits on that song. How amazing is that? Didn't even write the song and has songwriting credits. Amazing. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Late Morning Show here on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. It is snowy. It is blistery. It is certainly icy out there. I walked out my steps this morning. Uh, I walked out the door. I didn't walk out the steps. I walked out the door and onto the steps and almost immediately slipped. First step, almost gone. Um, luckily, we had some salt and sand kicking around. But it's, it's treacherous out there. Be careful, even when you're walking around. Uh, very easy to slip about. Now, the time is 9.26, and how about I do a few local announcements uh, before getting right into the next song. So, first off, just in time for the Valentine's season, Punch and Judy, the eternally bickering couple, introduce three original love stories. This is a play called Let It Be Love by Sue Rose. Um, So in it, the characters ask, if there's a choice to be made, will it be love? So this play is presented as part of Tantramar's Winterfest celebrations, playing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, February 8th, 9th, 10th, uh, and Sunday, all at 7.30, except for on Sunday at 2 p.m. Tickets are $20 for adults and $10 for students and seniors and can be purchased by phone with a credit card at 506-536-2248. That's 506-536-2248. Tickets can also be reserved at that number and they can be held at the door until 15 minutes before showtime where you can pay at the door with a credit card or cash. Be sure to check out livebaittheater.com for more details and to potentially purchase tickets online. All right. Also, the Sackville Film Society is showing Godland this this week. Now, the Sackville Film Society, if you did not know, uh, premieres, displays, trying to think of the right word, displays a show every Thursday at 7.30 p.m., at the Amherst Theatre. Tickets are $10, and this week's film is Godland, directed by Hilner Paul Mason. I'm definitely butchering that name, and I greatly apologize. Now, at the end of the 19th century, a young Danish priest is sent to a remote part of Iceland. The deeper he travels into the Icelandic landscape, the more he loses a sense of his own reality, his mission, and his sense of duty. So once again, tickets are $10, and that is this Thursday at 7.30 p.m. at the Amherst Theatre. All right, let's 
get back into some more awesome tracks. Specifically, we are, of course, due to Black History Month highlighting, as we usually do, though, I should say, Black Canadian artists. Um, Now, up next, we have an absolute legend. We have Jamaican-Canadian keyboardist, songwriter, and director, Jackie Mido with Drum Song. 